0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Journal of Bizakos podcast. My name is Dr. Andreas Foss, and together with Dr. Manos Brillakis, we're more than happy to have Dr. Daniel Green from the Department of Pediatric Orthopedic Surgery at the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York with us today. In this episode, we will talk about his recently published article entitled Simultaneous Anterior Cruciate Ligament Reconstruction and Implant Mediated Guided Growth. Through correct gain of welcome in skeletal immature patients, in the journal of Isakos. Hello, Dr. Green, and thank you for your time to join our podcast. So, before we start, maybe you can tell us a few words about your clinical and scientific
1: background. Well, thank you. Um, so, I'm a pediatric orthopedic surgeon here at Hospital for Special Surgery, but about 90% of what I do is is uh, involved with surgery of the knee. So, I'm a big fan of Isakos and look forward to uh, sharing. Uh, our work on this paper with you. Great. So how did you come up with this study? Well, implant-mediated-guided growth um, is a a really common technique done in in the pediatric orthopedic clinic. It's done primarily for kids with severe knock knees or bow legs. And um, the requirements for implant-mediated-guided growth is the the child still has to be growing at least two years of growth remaining and it has to have significant enough deformity. And what really got me thinking about it with ACL is is I had a particular patient early in my career who tore her ACL three times uh, in the same leg. And it wasn't until the third time after she was done growing that we realized that the genuvalgum of the leg was contributing to her risk of ACL tear. So we did a distal femoral osteotomy and straightened her bone. we did her third acl but but if so now what we've transitioned to and what we reported in this paper is at the time of the acl tear the first acl tear we'll get screening x-rays in our children that are growing for two reasons one to double check their leg length and make sure they're starting off with the um equal leg lengths on both sides but also to screen carefully for or genuvalgum, and if we see pathologic genuvalgum, then all we do is we add a 20-minute procedure to put a a plate on the inside of the growth plate, the medial side of the distal femur, while we do the ACL, um, and it doesn't interfere with the ACL surgery, and then over the next year or two, the child's leg straightens. So that's what we were reporting on in this uh, paper.
0: So as I'm not a knee specialist, and I can only assume that this kind of procedure is not very often performed. And according to your publication, you have done nine patients in seven years. That's a little more than one patient per year. That really highlights the complexity of the treatment. So can you briefly explain the concept of the technique of the Implant Mediated Guide for you just mentioned that you use uh, a plate on the middle side of the uh,
1: tibia? Correct, so while the patient's growing, if they have the medial the medial plate, we put on the distal femur usually. We can also put it on the tibia in severe cases, but it's usually just the distal femur. That tethers the growth medially, so the outside of the growth plate, the lateral side grows more, and that asymmetry of growth makes the knock need turn into a neutral knee. In most patients, it takes eight months to two years, depending on how bad the deformity is and how quick they're growing. The downside of the technique is you have to follow these patients closely. And we usually do every four months x-ray and then once the leg is straight, it's important to take the the implant out because if you leave the the implant in too long, the the, the avarice deformity could result. But what I liked about this paper or what I thought was important to share was remind people about this technique, but also we didn't have any big complications or by adding this, uh, you know, the, not not too many problems by adding this incision. You know, the patient's rehab protocol was the same for most times, um, and there wasn't a huge rate of arthrofibrosis or anything.
0: Okay, so if you would sum up your paper, what was your most important finding?
1: Well, that this could, this technique of implant-mediated growth, which is commonly used in the pediatric clinics, can be applied to our young patients undergoing ACL. Uh, reconstruction if they have growth remaining and if they have significant valgus and that way we can avoid hopefully the need for distal femoral osteotomies or for late or bigger surgeries later in life
0: and interestingly you have used three different types of breaths to reconstruct the ACL
1: is there any reason for well this is just back to uh, our pediatric world of ACL reconstruction so our current protocol is to use the modified Macintosh technique with iliotibial band, essentially for our patients kind of 12 and under, or under 12. And then as they get older, we'll go transficial, either with a quad tendon or a hamstring. And over the past five years or so, so we've used primarily a quad tendon autograph.
0: I remember the discussion about the transphysial drilling and the fear of harming the growth plate. Did you see any problems with the transphysial drilling? we i've seen
1: growth arrest with every acl technique you know but it's my specialty you know so what is the rate so uh, of a uh, growth disturbance transphysio we don't have exact numbers because most of them are done in kids with little growth remaining but the really young kids some studies say 60 patients no growth arrest. some studies say 60 patients one or two growth the i've seen in my career at least 10 growth arrest in pediatric ACL surgeries some with transfixials some with all epiphyseal and even overgrowth and growth issues with modified macintosh technique so with really young kids you just have to follow them really carefully and and uh, go over the options and the risk with the family so to help help them select the best technique so someone may also ask the question if the guided growth
0: will influence the graft tension over time is this something you have noticed or
1: are concerned about i don't think so you know i, I always wonder also if growth itself can interfere inter, you know uh, the growth of the growth of the physis itself will could it affect the acl tension even without the plates you know as the growth plates grow so i think it's possible but I basically the goal of the guided growth is to, is to correct the genuvalgum that we sometimes see in, uh, in our young pediatric ACL patients. So
0: did your finding change your clinical practice in any way?
1: Yes, I think we're, we're really using this technique more frequently. It's not uncommon. Uh, we're definitely doing more than one a year now and we look specifically for it. And if we see genuvalgum, Many of the kids have docked knees on both sides, so we'll have it, we'll do the plates on both knees and the ACL reconstruction on the one that's that's affected. Great. So I
0: think I have nothing to ask anymore because we have summed up the, the intention and the results of your paper. So thank you for your time uh, joining uh, our podcast today, and hopefully we'll have you back for the next podcast with well, your next publication in the Journal of Physicals.
1: Yep, thank you very much. Enjoy Isakos and look forward to seeing everybody in Boston this year.
0: This was Associate Professor Dr. Andreas Voss from the University Hospital of Regensburg in Germany on behalf of the Journal of Isakos. We hope to have you back for our next episode. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Society or the Journal.